Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of the Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests. So go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey, everybody, it's Winter with the Shift Spotlight Podcast, and today we're here with Victoria Kennedy, and she can be found at victoriouspr.com. So I love your website name and how you kind of tied it into your name. Sometimes, you know, people try to do that. It doesn't work. But um, Victorious is definitely how you have shown up in the world. So before we get into you and what you do, tell us uh, a fun fact about yourself that people may not know. Yes. Well, something fun about me is that I actually entered the convent when I was 16 years old. If you can believe wow. that. I know. So, so when- give, give us a little bit of context. You got to give a little bit more than that. <laughs> well, you know, I just always love God still do always really religious and just thought, you know, I want to dedicate my whole life to God. And so I went in and that's the thing I, about me, but I think about a lot of entrepreneurs, when we decide we want to do something, it's not enough just to do it. We want to be the best of the best. And so right. for me, it's like, I don't want to just go to heaven. I want to go straight to heaven. What's the quickest way. All right. Nuns are the holiest. That's me. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, and that's how I've been my whole life. You know, obviously comment didn't work out. I'm happily married now. So <laughs> that didn't work out. But, you know, I also, I've always been like one to reinvent myself. I did pageants. I was a opera singer. You know, I wow. played in Phantom of the Opera. I had a number one hit single on the classical charts in Europe. I just love reinventing myself. I love doing different things and being the best of the best as I possibly can in whatever field that I'm I'm doing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really, that is very interesting. One of the most funnest facts of I've ever heard. So, all right. So at a high level, tell us what you do and can you share with us what your annual revenue is? Yes. So I am the CEO of Victorious PR and we help entrepreneurs become the number one authority in their niche by getting them featured in top publications and podcasts. Our, our revenue is 2.3 million per year. And we are on track to come out with a brand new offer, which I will be talking about later on in this podcast to share with people how we were able to grow our business. We did a million our first year in business without a single paid ad. And that's all from the power of personal branding and PR. And now I'm sharing that with others so that they can make millions too. That is awesome. And yeah, stay tuned to hear what that offer is going to be because uh, we talked about it. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, a fun fact that people don't may not know about me, I actually studied marketing and public relations at Florida State way back in the day, and they were so strict about who they took into this program that they had a 13-point rule that if you were on television in any way, shape, or form, you had 13 points. So one, two, three, each button, four, five, six, seven, and like your hair had to be a certain length, right? Like they were adamant about like teaching these things and you probably used or, or maybe you did it but do you ever did you ever use the ap style guide yes okay so that's like two things that drive me crazy that i learned in the ap style guide but it was um there's no such word as towards people say 
I'm moving towards this goal, but it's toward. There's like literally no S on towards. What is the other one that drives me crazy? Um, oh, people always do this. They're like, I I'm writing a book entitled. Nope, nope. You're entitled to go to college if that's what you want to do, but you're writing a book titled. So anyways, I learned some some tips with the PR world back in the day, but let's talk about your vision and your goals. You're, you're obviously very successful, successful. Um, but you know, what do you have in place or what keeps you and your team accountable for driving that kind of success? Because you've got to be a real go-getter to want to keep getting up every day and not only maintaining what you have, but creating even more and bigger. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up because I think it's what you said. It's consistency. It's having your goal in mind and always working towards it. So what we do internally in my company is in our team Slack, we have our core values and mission slacked every single day in the team Slack channel. And we put, what is your word of the day? So this mm. way, every single person on the team is reminded, this is working, what we're working towards. This is what our core value is. This is who we are as a company. And everybody comments on it, what their word of the day is, you know, and it's kind of Love like a happy chatter in there because I just want to let my whole team know this is the direction and this is who we are. No matter how big we get, no matter what happens in our business, this is the core of who we are. Right. And I, I, I love that as well. We also have end of month reviews where we're talking about what our goals are. Did we hit them? What are we working towards for the new year? And of course we have quarterly goals with just like the leadership team, but the end of month calls are the whole team because yeah. I want everyone on the team to know where we're headed, what new directions that we're doing and let them know that I see and I value all of them, all mm -hmm. of their input. I don't care if they're a lowly VA all the way up to a, a leader in the company. I yeah. want to hear from everyone and I want them to feel like they're important because I wouldn't be anywhere without my team. So, I love that. How many, how many employees do you have working for you full-time? 15. 15. Okay. So then as you've scaled your business, what has been kind of the most unexpected um, challenge that you've had along that way? Cause you know, managing one or two people or you and your husband or you and your, you know, admin, that's all great and dandy, but as you've grown to 15, there's been some unexpected challenges. Let's talk about those. Oh my gosh. In terms of team or in terms of as a CEO? <laughs> well, let's talk team first, then we'll talk CEO. Yeah. So with team, when you grow so quickly, which we did, right? So our first year, I, we did a million dollars, yeah. which is like, oh, extreme growth, right? right. So we need to hire very quickly because the thing about my company is, again, our core value is excellence, excellence. And I always mm -hmm. say excellence first with ourselves, then with each other, then with our client. But what that means is that when people are paying me high ticket, they expect the best of the best. So I can't just hire people who are not the best of the best. Right. So we first scaled so quickly, there was a lot of turnover because yes. if I saw someone immediately, maybe they, they were so great on the interview, but then as soon as they got in, you know, their colors changed, they were gone. Right. I was not having it. I have a very high standard for my team because I, my clients expect a lot of me and they know right. that they're getting the best. And so I had to have that. So when you scale that quickly, realize that you're going to have a lot of turnover. And that was one of the, my big challenges is like letting people go, which of course affects morale as right as well, right? right? When yep. you put them in and then let them go. Yep. But if the team, the core team realizes that you're doing it, to make sure that you guys are operating at the highest level and you're only having A players, they will understand and will be on board. Right, right. That's awesome. Um, so then like, can you tell us about like a specific situation that you handled with a team? Because you know what? What you said is not what I typically hear from a CEO. What I hear from a CEO is, you know, 
I tried way too long with them. I kept them on longer than they needed to be. They were my buddy, friend, cousin, baby mama. And I wanted to help them. And I don't typically hear if they didn't fit, they were cut. But that is the mindset that you have to have as a CEO. So like what what drove that? Because that is not that is not standard. Yes. Well, I think that I I was like your other CEOs and I learned the hard way where I mm. kept people way longer than they should. And they ended up being destroying the company culture or the team because of whatever reason. And I have we call, the, we call them cancerous employees. Like they spread, they just start to spread. They do. And I realized that's not going to happen under my watch. I'm not going right. to come to work and be unhappy. This is my business. And I want to be happy when I come to work. And I want all of my employees who are loyal to me to be happy as well. Right. So what we started doing was implementing this thing where the first two weeks is training. And when I hire someone, I tell them, you're not hired as a W-2 right away. You're going right. to earn. So first of all, it's two weeks of training. And after those two weeks of training, it is 90 days trial probationary. And I can fire mm -hmm. you at any given time. And at those 90 days, we're going to have uh, an employee evaluation. And mm -hmm. I'm going to see whether or not I'm going to offer you employment at my company or not. And a lot of people do not make it, even though we have very strenuous processes to even be hired. After that, it's like, I want to make sure people who are on board and want to succeed with this company. So, I mean, that's what I've learned is let people go very quickly if they're not showcasing that they're excellent or want to be team players right away. I, I agree. And so as you've grown, have you ever felt like you've been growing too quickly or you grew too fast? And like, what were the challenges behind that? Absolutely. I think our first year, I wasn't expecting to make a million my first year, mm -hmm. you know, but it was so successful. And so it was, okay, how do we sustain this? What is working to keep on doing it? And it was a lot of, when you first start out, me wearing all the hats Mm -hmm. And then trying to find people who are better than me at each certain role, but then realizing they're not better than me. I need another person in that role who is better than me. And so as you grow, you need people who are better as well. And that's hard too, to let people go and realize when you need to let things go so that you can keep growing and getting better and better and better. Right, right. So what's been the most difficult part of your CEO journey? So we talked about the teams, we talked about <laughs> elevating them, but then for you specifically. So for me, I'm a creative. As I mentioned before, I'm an opera singer. I still sing opera. I just sang at the Vatican this summer. Oh my um, gosh, that's awesome. You know, and uh, I just got invited to sing at this Christmas thing next month. And I sang at the House of Commons this summer. So I still have uh, an active singing career. I'm a creative. That's why I love PR. That's why I love helping people. So anything in business that comes with finances, payroll, a nightmare for me, bookkeeping, a nightmare for me, right? I don't like the finances. I just want to have fun and be creative and think of creative campaigns. So definitely the finances has been like my Achilles heel in right. my business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so funny. So you've got somebody I'm sure that handles that side of it for you. Yes. So um, as you've grown, have you felt like you needed support in areas and what areas are those aside from finance? Absolutely. So the very first, when I first started my business, I mean, literally I started with a mentor and I have been getting mentors ever since then, always constantly being mentored because I believe that that has been my reason why I've grown so quickly in my businesses. Mm -hmm. I've probably spent more than a quarter of a million dollars on mentorship throughout my yeah. three years of being in business because yeah. I understand how important it is. 
I'm learning from their mistakes so that I can quickly rise without having to experience them myself. What I'm paying for is a a speed ticket to success. And honestly, that's why I started this coaching program, this authority creator, where I can help people because I realized I, the only reason I'm sitting here talking to you today with these awards on, on my wall is because I paid mentors who knew more than me, who were ahead of me to help me get to where they are, that where I wanted to be. And right. so now I feel like I'm in a good position. My business runs without me. And I want to be able to give back and help people as well. Of Hey, look, this is how I did it. This is the mistakes I made so that you don't have to make them. And here's the quick way to get to where you want to be. Yeah. So let's take a little detour here. Um, let's talk about Krista Mashore. So you did some work for her, right? And yes. so what what exactly was your um, role and what you did with her? Because, you know, she started on the scene and it it was like a trickle. And then all of a sudden it was like, and it was like, there wasn't just, there was nowhere that I couldn't go and see one of her, you know, things. And then even now I've noticed that she shifted from the real estate world into now just coaches in general, like, Hey, coaches, you know? So it's like, she knows nothing about coaches, but she's been set up as an authority on how to get high ticket closings. And that's all that you need to do it. So like, what was your role with all of that? Yeah, Krista's awesome. And she came to us with already high level success, which was really a lot easier. She just needed to be introduced to the right editors at the right publications. And so that's what we really did for her is she had the money already. She was already doing well in her business. What we did is we took her story, we crafted a brand around that, and then we presented that. And we were able to get her in places like Forbes and Entrepreneur. We got her in Inman, which is the number one real estate publication in the world, which was awesome for her credibility in that particular space. And to this day, she still runs ads with the the stuff that we got her in Forbes and Inman and real estate uh, publications as well. And it just goes to show, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you're still not taken seriously by the industry leaders in your niche, you're not going to break through. And so that's what really helped her do was seen as an industry leader in real estate specifically for her. And that I think really, like you said, catapulted her to a new level of success. And the interesting thing is, is, is after that, I, you know, I knew that she worked with, um, Russell Brunson. Yeah. She worked with Russell Brunson and she started working with a couple others. So back to your point about mentorship, um, she did not play. I mean, she probably dropped a quarter million bucks and on some of these high ticket top dog marketers. So you take the PR, you couple it with the marketing, you know, you get the right mentor and you do catapult to that success a lot faster than you would if you're trying to like muddle muddle your yourself along the way for those that don't like exactly know what PR is like what exactly do you do for your clients I make them the number one industry leader in their industries so for example Krista Mashore she's great she makes a lot of money but who in the real estate industry takes her seriously has she been on top real estate publications has Mm -hmm. she been in the top dogs that's where you're seen as the industry leader. You know, if I Google real estate coaches, she's not going to pop up, but she was afterwards because we use those keywords to get her on top ranking publications so that Google recognized her and pushed her to the top. Because in mm-hmm. this day and age, everybody is Googling. I don't care if they live in Sri Lanka or America or in Canada, they're Googling. And if right. your program is over a thousand dollars, you better believe people's doing their due diligence and researching you. And I'm going to ask you, do you pop up or does your competitor pop up? Because there can only be one 
number one in any, in any industry. And that's mm. what we do is we make yeah. sure that you dominate so that you're not tired. You're not playing small. You're being number one, seen as the number one uh, category king of your industry. So speaking along that, you, you, you and I talked offline about you've got this uh, amazing offer that helps people kind of learn what what you do, right? So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So what I've seen in the industry, there's a lot of coaches. I mean, you can just like throw a, what did they say? Throw a stone and hit a coach these days. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of like cookie cutter programs out there of like, Hey, just do this thing, buy this course. And then we're done with you. Yeah. But I build my business off of me, my mm-hmm. story my personal branding, you know, people know I'm an opera singer, people know like my background and that's why they're attracted to work with me. And Mm -hmm. I realized that's been my ticket to success is really leaning in on my personal brand. And so what I'm teaching people now is not some sort of cookie cutter thing. Now, of course there's, there's techniques that work, but it's about leveraging your personal story. Cause at the end of the day, I attract very different clients and other people who do PR in the industry. You know, people know Victoria is the best. She's expensive, but she's the best of the best. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of people that I attract who do service in business with me. Now right. I teach people like whoever you are, lean into that because that's how you're going to attract your dream clients. I see so many people casting a ride net saying, oh, I want to work with everyone. If you fall for, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Yeah, It's yep, about yep. becoming who you are and being, this is who I am unashamedly. And I want to attract those people. Dan Henry is another one of our clients. He's very controversial, but those people love who he is. Yeah. They love controversy and they want to work with Dan. And that's right. what we do. It. We leverage that who he was. And so that's what I'm teaching is be yourself, leverage your personal brand, attract your dream clients, and you'll find people who have no problem paying you high ticket for your services. Yeah. That's very Seth Godin. You know, your vibe attracts your tribe kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what challenges do you see in your industry, especially like in the upcoming year? It's an election year, weird years. Like what are some of your unique industry challenges? Well, honestly, it's exciting. I mean, I know it's terrible because there's so many so many news that you don't want to hear right now. Right, in the right. News. But as a publicist, I'm like, this is my field day. I love this because there's so much out there that my clients can comment on. You know, if you see something like the recession and you're in real estate, contact a journalist. You are an expert that they want to hear from. Right. You know, right, if, right. if you're a small business owner, inflation is through the roof. Let's hear what you have to say. This is the easiest time right now to get featured in these huge publications because there's so much fear and uncertainty in the market. They want to hear from experts and they want to interview experts on their take on what's going on. Right, right, right. You got to pitch them, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> All right. So what are the top three things that you are planning for either, you know, shifts that you're making, but in, in the, in the next year? Absolutely. So in this next year, it's 2024 guys, I'm a crypto journalist myself. I love the crypto industry. It's going to be a huge bull run in 2024. So if you don't know anything about crypto, you still have plenty of time, but the bull run is coming in 2024. Even though you see all this doom and gloom in the stock market, just know that Bitcoin is going to half in the spring of 2024, and it's going to be a huge bull run. So this is not financial advice, 
but yeah. it's going to be really, really, really fun to see that happen. And so in terms of crypto projects that I can help to do PR for, I'm excited about that. I'm also okay. excited to help people in 2024 build their dream business by being authentically themselves. So I, okay. I, I mentioned this new program, Authority Creator. Um, I want to reveal the secrets of how I made $5 million, over $5 million in three years. And I mm-hmm. want to share that for the first time ever with people. And it's not some cookie cutter thing. It's about being authentically yourself and attracting those dream clients. And so if people wanted to get a hold of you, wanted to take you up on that offer, how would they do that? So if you want to find out more, it's just authoritycreator.co. But honestly, just follow me on social media. Shoot me a DM. Like if you're listening to this, shoot me a DM and be like, hey, Victoria, I heard you on the podcast. That was super cool. Or I had this question. I'm a normal person. I'm in PR. I'm all about relationships. So find me on Instagram at, at the Victoria Kennedy or on Facebook, Victoria Kennedy. And I'm happy to answer all of your questions. Awesome. It was uh, very refreshing to have you. You've got a ton of energy and I love what you're doing in your company. And you're not just uh, a, a pretty face and you're not just a a fluff firm. Um, and then believe me, we have we have definitely talked with some of those before, but I, I can see that you have a lot of heart and soul behind who you are as a person and what you put into people. So I think that's, you know, really, really great. And I'm excited to see, you know, where you're headed, what you're going to do. Thank you. I appreciate that, Winter. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world, and we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.